Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Sometimes there are emotions, a lot, a lot of things are happening. But I'm here to tell you, you're going to make it. While I was away in uh, Cape York, God started to speak to me about this morning. And I have a word for you, you're going to make it. Whatever you step out for God for, you're going to make it. For every promise that you have grabbed, you're going to get. Because the Spirit of the Lord is here, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. The Spirit of the Lord is on this meeting. The Spirit of the Lord is on His Word. The Spirit of the Lord is on your Word. The Spirit of the Lord is in your mind. The Spirit of the Lord is in your heart. The Spirit of the Lord is pumping through your veins. The Spirit of the Lord is on you. You're not alone. You're never forsaken. You're never left out. You're never behind. You are in the right place at the right time for God to do a miracle in you. So Father, right now we just commit ourselves to you in Jesus name everybody said amen amen let's thank our worship team awesome well it's, you may be seated it's uh it's really good to be back in Melbourne it's cold uh, uh, we just had a ministry trip to uh, um, the Cape York Peninsula and um, it was like 32 during the day 25 during the night, and then I come and land in Melbourne. If you're wondering where I'm red, uh, we used to have a boat trip to get there, and um, it was either 15 hours in a four-wheel drive or an hour on a boat. I chose boat, um, and um, it was one of those small dinghies. They said it was a boat, but it was a dinghy. Uh, so I got windburnt, sunburnt, uh, splash, but I'm here. All right. Amen. Today is going to be a good day. Don't ever be talked out of your miracle. Don't ever be talked out of your miracle. You know, today's message is your faith won't fail you. Your faith. You know what's really interesting? I I had a, a, a bit of a thing with the Holy Spirit this week, and he said to me, this is for me personally, but I want to convey it to you. It says, Ted, you talk a lot about having faith in Jesus. And I go, yeah, I do. But he says, have you ever thought about the faith that Jesus operated in? Because that's the faith that is in you. See, I, 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 look, I'm a, I love doing this. I, I, I am a preacher. I, I, my whole life's desire is to see people have a breakthrough, that for them to start to live in a reality, everything that Jesus died for. But I realize this, is that I speak a lot about having faith in God, but then God talks a lot about the faith in you. So there's this, there's this thing that we need to do. You need to have faith in Christ. But what happens when I have faith in Christ? There is a spiritual transfer that we start to operate in the same faith dimension of Jesus. Now, and there's one of the ways we get talked out of our faith is that it's through condemnation because 
If we fail, if we, for, if we don't fulfill what we want, we, start, we tend to blame us. Now, I want to just show you something that's amazing. In Luke twenty-two thirty-two, 32, you're going to see a man by the name of Peter that if you look at him through the sense realm, you, could, you would classify him as a failure. If you'd look at his, everything about him up to that point, he comes up, and if you, would, if you look at him wrongly, you interpret him wrongly. See, if you interpret everything through the sense realm, you don't have revelation. See, see what happens is this. How is it that blind Bartimaeus, he's Christ, he says, when he heard about Jesus, he stepped into revelation. See, when you step into revelation, everybody around you might not get it, but you can get it. When you step into revelation, the woman with the issue of blood, sense knowledge was touching him, and all they got was information. Here's a woman that's been sick for 12 years. She touches him with revelation. She gets healed. And if you misinterpret your life, you misinterpret your actions, you misinterpret your behavior, you misinterpret whatever about you, you can actually talk yourself and walk yourself out of a miracle. Now listen to what Jesus says. He's talking about Peter. And he prays for him. And he says this, but I have prayed for you. Let's just stop there. He's not saying, Peter, I've organized the prayer meeting. They're going to hold you up. Peter, I've organized a support team. He says, Peter, I have prayed for you. Do you realize that whatever Jesus prays, he gets? Just, just, just dawn on you, right? Jesus never had a non-answer to prayer. Jesus, Jesus never prayed, oh, dear Father, I hope so. I did, uh, look, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, Jesus. He says, I have prayed for you. I want you to get this. We're not talking about a really good prayer intercessor, and I believe in that. We're not talking about a good church that pray for you, and I believe in that. But here is Jesus saying, Peter, you need to know this. This has to be a foundational stone which you rest on. But he also says it's a foundational source that you look through. And so he says, Peter... There's going to be trouble. There's going to be problems. But I have prayed for you. I want you to notice something. Before you go into any situation, God has already got the answer. You never enter a situation where God has to figure out what in the world is happening. He says, Peter, I have prayed for you. Simon, that your faith. Everybody say your faith. He's talking to his faith. He's, he's not asking, I'm praying, Peter, that you have more faith. He's not doing that. He's not saying, Peter, you've got no faith. He says, Peter, I am praying for your faith. So hence, second foundation stone for you is right now you have faith. You'll add a smile. See, most of the time, when you hear preaching on faith, it's how do I get faith? Wrong question. We can spend hours and hours trying to get faith when we already have faith. What is he doing? He's locating Peter. Peter, I need you to know that you have faith inside of you. 
It's in you. It's not out there. It's in here. So he is now locating faith in him. He is now stamping it. He's now encouraging Peter, you're a man of faith. You cannot be a believer without being a man or a woman of faith. What makes us believers is the faith that we have. Number one, it's the faith we believe in Christ. Number two, we have the faith of Christ. That is why Paul in Galatians 2.20 says, you know, I have been crucified with Christ. You're going to see a lot of this in here we're going to talk about. I have been crucified with Christ, and the life I lead now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Wow. So here's Jesus talking to Simon, and he says that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Do you realize what his job description is here? His description is to tell people about faith. He says, when you. So what we have here is this story here. That Peter failed, but his faith didn't fail. See, we wrap up the two together. I'm a failure. I'm this. I am this. I, I, I. Now, now watch this. The word for fail means to cease from activity and to stop functioning. So your faith can cease from activity and stop functioning. And guess what? The one that decides the function of faith is not the devil, it's not your problems, it's you. Come on, smile. That's going to be good news. You know why? Because if you think somebody else has switched up your faith, you're looking for somebody else to switch it on. But when you realize that I can switch my faith on, then I can switch it on and off, on and off, on and off. Right? Have you ever had kids? You know, when my kids were smaller, they found, a to- this is before electronic games, they found a toy, electric toy called the light switch. They would sit there, go off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, for hours. And I'm going, I'm going to get new switches in the house. And you know what happens with us? That's what we do. We switch it on, we switch it off. So it means, right, you cease from activity. And he says, but I have prayed for you. So watch this. Peter is in the middle of a battle. His flesh fails. Number one. Number two, his mind fails. His heart fails. Peter reaches the limit of his own strength. But the faith inside of him carries him through. Peter, so to me, when I started to look in this, Jesus isn't praying for his strength. He's not praying for his mind. He says, Peter, your willpower will not get you through. I want you to understand something. Peter went through one failure after another. His willpower willpower failed. He had a little girl of 12 years old said, you are one of them. He was so scared of a little girl. Of a servant girl. He he lost his reputation. He lost everything. But the one thing Peter did not lose was his faith. So faith works in the middle of failure. Faith works in the middle of doubt. Pause right moment. Just because you doubt doesn't mean you have no faith. Excuse me. When you are tempted to sin, doesn't mean you sin, correct? 
You know what? Somebody pulls in front of you and you get tempted. Come on, you get tempted. You go, how close can I get? Then you look in the mirror. Are they looking at me? Then you're tempted to give them the look. Or you're tempted to overtake them and give them the look. Or you're tempted to pull in front of them and slow down. Come on. You'll find this. Wherever you find faith, you will find you will always find doubt. Because faith not only attracts God, but faith also attracts doubt. You know how people say, oh, the Antichrist? You cannot have Antichrist without Christ. That's pretty deep. So what we have here is that Peter is failing, but his faith is strong. Peter is going, I am, I'm doubting God. I don't want to be associated with God. But his faith doesn't fail. I want you to understand right now, your faith has not failed. And what Peter is learning and what Peter is giving us today is going, I am not my failure. I am not my doubt. I am not my self-will. All of those things. But I am who's, who my faith says I am. So Peter fails. Failure doesn't disqualify him because faith always qualifies him. So what Satan does, Satan, the way he attacks faith is through our failures, through what we're not doing, what we're doing this, what we're doing. Your faith isn't good enough. You know, then you hear people saying, oh, if your faith was bigger, then that wouldn't have happened. So what we find is Peter, God is telling him, you're going to go through circumstances, but your circumstances have no authority or have no power to absolutely distinguish, extinguish your faith. So right now, you are a woman of faith. You are a man of faith. I'll, I'll, and watch this, and then turn back and strengthen your brethren. So in other words, is this. The faith that you have has the ability to strengthen somebody else's faith. That's powerful. Now watch this. Look at Psalm 119, verse 6. Then I shall be, then I shall not be put to shame. By failing to inherit your promises. When I have respect of all your commandments, you can put in the word of their commandments. I have respect to your word. I love your word. Listen to what this says. This, then I shall not be put to shame. There is no shame in faith. There is no shame in God. What is that? What Satan does is this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, you stepped out, but it hasn't happened. You're, you've made a fool of yourself. You told all your friends that God was going to provide. And here he is. And I want you to see this. God says this, I shall not be put to shame. I want you to notice it's the psalmist saying what his faith is saying. Now listen to the voice of faith. Then I shall not be put to shame by failing to inherit your prophecies. When I have respect to all your commandments, to all of your word. It is God's promise to you. 
you will not be put to shame. Shame, the Bible, shame is, a, is a spirit that rubs your, says, hide, bow your head, you are on this, you are on that. There is no shame. So what, think about this. Have you ever wondered, how is it that Peter publicly denies Jesus? And by the way, so did the other disciples. Publicly does all of that. And then he gets up and he goes, hey, God is on my side. How is it that John does the same and yet he says, I am the disciple that Jesus really loves more than all of you. See, what happens is Peter can get up, preach to 3,000 people and see a breakthrough, but he has no shame. You see, I want you to show you this. The faith inside of you overrides your shame. Because the Bible says, I shall not be put to shame by failing to inherit your promises. I want you to notice this. I'm here to declare to you, you will inherit every promise that God has given you. You will. Why? Because it's the faith of Jesus Christ in you that's doing it. See, one of the things that Peter is telling us, my, my health couldn't get me there. My strength couldn't get me there. My willpower couldn't get me there. Everything that I have learned over the years cannot get me there, but faith can. See, what Peter did is exactly what the law does. The law takes you to the point and says, you cannot ever, ever keep this so you can be blessed by God. That's why you come to the end of your strength and then you give yourself over. See, what you've got to do is start to be more of your faith conscious than of your shame conscious. Faith is always conscious of the Word of God. Faith is always conscious of the presence of God. Faith is always conscious of the blood of God. See, I think Pastor Silva used this amazing phrase. She goes, you've got to be blood conscious. You know what? When you start to be blood conscious, it means you cannot be thinking of sin and be blood conscious at the same time. You cannot be thinking about the mistakes you made in the past and be blood conscious. So faith takes you over. Now watch this. Every promise you're going to get, but now we're going to start to expose what comes against your faith. Now look at Isaiah 54 verse 17. But no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, you shall show to be wrong. I want you to know something here. There's a correlation between what God says and what you've got to do. So God, look at this. let me read it to you again. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. I want to understand this. Let's get, let's get moving now. No weapon. This means there is no weapon that is or in existence or to be created can stand against you. There is no problem that can stand against you. This is an amazing promise. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
but against principalities of powers in heavenly places. And so all of a sudden, can I just say this to you? Now you've got Satan's job description. What he does, he makes weapons. Weapons are problems. Weapons are words. There was, it was, used to be a stupid saying that used to go, you know, sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Most of the wars that were ever created in the world started with words. Now, just to show you the power of words, and we'll have to do this in another session. The Bible says this, death and life are in the power of the... Isn't it amazing? Death and life in the power of your tongue, not in heaven or under the earth. So God says this to you. He says, your words, your words. Satan has no power like you have power. Do you realize you've got more power than Satan? Because the Bible says, death and life are in the power of your words. So, so he says this, but no weapon that is formed against you. So right now, whatever you are facing, you need to know that you have the authority over what you are facing. So what happens is this, instead of going, oh no, what will I do? It is you stand up, I have been prepared for this. I have been conditioned to this. God has prepared me for this. So he says, no form against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall show it to be wrong. That means that every word that has been spoken to you by anybody else that does not line up with the word of God, you just need to refute it. No, that's wrong. That, Jesus has forgiven me for that done deal. This is what the word of God says. Now let, let's, let's read more. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. What's a heritage? A heritage is something that you don't earn. It is freely given to you. A heritage is somebody else prepares something that has a, has a flow on to you. So what is this telling you is that you don't need to work for peace. You don't need to work for righteousness. You don't need to work for security. You don't need to work for triumph over opposition. It's a heritage. Your breakthrough is a gift. So while others are working, striving, God says you receive it as a gift of the servants of the Lord. Who in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is what? Say the last word with me. Reproduced. So what is he saying here? Is that the faith in you is reproducing itself in your soul, mind, will, and emotions. It's called transformation. So here we have Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the Old Testament. We were reproduced. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtained from me. This is what this is what which I impart to them as their justification, says God. Now watch this. Let's, let's go back a little bit here. What are weapons? A weapon is doubt, fear, timing. Uh, 
I was just praying over this, and I said, God, give me an illustration so I can understand the word that came to me, timing. Uh, on one of the crusades in Myanmar, uh, there was an elderly woman that came, and she was totally blind. And uh, we were in a prayer line. I had a team with me, and um, she came up, and uh, she just said, I want my eyes back. I want my eyesight back. And so I, I, I prayed for her and took my hands off, and um, she said, thank you but she was still totally blind. And she just walked off. She didn't, there was no, please do it again. Uh, what's wrong? There, there was no conversation. She just said, thank you, and hobbled off. One of my team goes, that didn't work, did it? They were trying to comfort me, but it was the wrong comfort. To everybody else, she got hands laid on her, but it never happened. But what they don't know is what my sense realm doesn't understand, my spirit realm understands. Hands were laid on her. There was an impartation. It's going to happen. It might not have happened that day. Do you realize what happened? The following day, she came up and testified. And she goes, I went to bed thanking God. I went to sleep thanking God. When I woke up, I screamed because all of a sudden, I could see light. She had, her eyesight was totally restored. But I tell you what, but she had a 24-hour thing. They had people talking to her, people talking to me. Okay, hey, Ted, you know, your faith isn't that great, great, isn't it? It worked for them, but not for them. Hey, Ted, you need to pray more. You need to do that. So what was happening, there were two things that were being tested, my faith and her faith. What I loved about this woman is that she exemplified the power of the living faith inside of her. You prayed I believed Jesus did it. It's a done deal. And sometimes it's the timing. If it doesn't happen straight away, how many of you, you know, it's really good when you put, when you give God an offering and on the way to church somebody blesses you. Yep. I, 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 I love that, right? I expect that. I, I remember when I was teaching my son Jesse to, on offering, right? Um, what's his name, Mum? I gave him $10. This is, this is going back, and he would have been about 9, 10 years old. I gave him $10. And we were in church, so I, I did the pastor thing. Hey, Jess, the offering is coming. Why don't you give the $10? No. Dad, you don't understand. I'm saving this. I want an Xbox, Dad. Come on, come on, get with the plan. So, and then I just looked at him, okay, Jess, but you know, giving, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. So he gets $10, and um, back then there was no COVID thing, so we had the buckets. You, you put, put it in, right? So he's looking at it. I think he must have kissed it, loved it, named it. Um, Dad made me do it, right? I didn't want to. He put it in. On his way out, this guy comes up to him, and oh, this is for you. He just gives him one of those hand, gospel handshakes. Jess opens up, it's a $100 bill. And you know the first thing that he did? He went to his brothers and sisters. You know, to, and, uh, no, to brothers and sisters. His two, two uh, sisters, and he goes, hey, if you want 100 ask dad for 10 and then give the 10 <laughs> Right? But... Sometimes it takes longer. Let, let me give you one more, give you another illustration. Sula and I just got married. I'm reading a book by 
Oral Roberts. He was an amazing um, evangelist and uh, had a great gift of healing. And uh, so he had a ministry, and he was doing large crusades. And um, God spoke to me when I finished reading the book, and he says, I want you to empty your bank account and give it into his ministry. And um, I said, I'll have to check with my wife first. <laughs> that's, that's bravery, right? You can, every time a guy says to you, I have to go check with my wife, he, he, he's, he's looking for a way out. Because the way we say it is like, you know, my faith level isn't great, uh, isn't great, honey, but yours is. So if it doesn't happen, it's really your fault. Come on. Every wife here is smiling, right? I can, every, anyway, just leave it there. Just leave it there. So I went in there, emptied my, all we had was $250. That's, that, that, was, that was the total of my savings. Put it in there. I wish I could tell you. It, it was in 19, 1984 that it happened. And um, I get a call to do a crusade in India. Just totally, uh, this ministry has never heard of me. They never ask anybody that hasn't been checked out and that's gone through the ranks, right? It's exclusive. And all of a sudden, I bypass everything and I get to speak at this international event. I get up, and my first meeting is 60,000 people. And uh, I'm there, and this thought comes to me. How in the world did I get here? You've got to understand, I am a youth pastor, pastoring 500 kids, never traveled outside Australia, right? To me, Tasmania was going to overseas. <laughs> and I'm here with some of the top evangelists from the United States, the top pastors in the United States, and I'm preaching. And then God takes me back to the time that I emptied out my bank account. And God said to me, Ted, you sowed into a ministry that does this. Welcome. Timing. Okay, moving along, right? Condemnation. You're not like this. Now, you've got to see this. Look at this in the light of Peter. He denies him. He says, I never knew who. Knew. And then he solidifies his comment by swearing. But he gets up and he's the man of no condemnation. You need to start to have faith in the forgiveness that God has given you. You've got to have faith in the blood of Jesus. See, when faith looks, when the faith of God looks at the blood of God, it knows what it does and it knows that it's never, ever, whatever goes in never comes out. So what happens? What's condemnation? Condemnation can only thrive when your faith is silent. Condemnation can only thrive where there is no understanding of the revelation. See, you're not just clean because Jesus has forgotten your sins. You are now clean because there is no sin. 
The reason there can be no condemnation, because there is no sin. The reason there can be no condemnation, because you put your faith in God, God put his faith in you, and now it's the faith of Jesus doing the talking. So that condemnation. The other thing that gets us, the other thing is the lack of knowledge of the God's word, especially the finished work of Christ. I want you to do something. You good with me? God never said, I'm going to start you on the journey of salvation. I'll do the first part. You need to work out the second part. How many of you heard um, of the scripture that says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling? You know, you know what that means? It doesn't mean that you get your salvation. It says work it out. It means work out or in, embody yourself in what has been done for you. It is like when you get a brand new car, you get a brand new computer or whatever, you get a manual. What are you doing? You're working out what you've got. So God says, I give it to you. But now you need to understand what has given to you because of the lack of knowledge. I was preaching in Brisbane and this couple came to me, just married, only had one, had two chairs and a table and a bed, absolutely flat broke. And, and, they, and they go, no, Ted, we want to be in the ministry and all of that. And, 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 and I just started, they opened up and I says, why don't you start believing for stuff? And you know what they said to me? I never thought you can ask God for a couch. I never thought, hello? So you see, what, what happens is this, is that my people are suffering for the lack of knowledge. So what happens is this, is the way that we, the faith, your faith inside of you is saying, put me to work. Let me show you. So the faith inside of you is so eager to promote you. Watch this. The faith that was in Peter, he denied him. But faith promoted him that he was the first believer to preach the gospel and see salvation. Wow. Think about the privilege. Think about the privilege. His faith promoted him. Let me give you a word today. Your faith will promote you. Your faith will promote you in your company. Your faith will do it. You don't have to push yourself. Let faith push you. See, it, the world works on their own faith. How do I get promoted? How do I get ahead? But when you get faith, you don't have to. You just stand there in your righteousness and you go, God promotes me. Now, look at this. You ready? Because we're going to start putting some of this into action. Look at John 17, 20. My prayer it's not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. I want you to get this now. Let's just really move it up. Jesus prays for Peter. Peter fails. Peter gets a revelation. I am not my failure. Now watch this. Let's just take it up there. Is that the faith in you doesn't recognize your failure. It only recognizes what God has said. 
That is why the Bible never tells us to, to be introspective. If you have got a, a fault with you, the Holy Spirit will give it you the answer. Don't go looking for the fault. See, your faith is designed to respond to the word. Your faith is not designed to respond to problems. You know, you know what? Let me, let me just show you. You're good? The woman with the issue of blood, if you notice something, because you are the cleverest congregation in the world, correct? Okay, if you're not, come up for prayer. I will pray for smartness to come to you. When she heard about Jesus, she never ever talks about her pain, her loss of anything. All she talks about, I just need to touch him and it's a done deal. Come on. Why? Because faith, faith doesn't go, look at you, how bad you are. Um, I don't think you're going to make it. Oh, come on. You've tried that before. The moment she hears, her faith lights up and the faith starts to talk and he goes, I will walk out. I will break every religious law. I will push myself through the crowd. I will touch him and I won't need permission for it. Why? Because, listen to me carefully, the reason she didn't need permission is because the faith in her gave her the permission. Hey, do, you, do you realize how much time we would save trying to seek, for, is it God's will, isn't it? Jesus, do you want me to eat or not? Jesus, fish or chicken? Uh, Jesus, do you want me to have a white car or a blue car? See, when you understand that you're a man and a woman of faith, and then you get doing this, then you say, from now on, my failures don't disqualify me, but what I do is I disqualify my failures by my faith. Because then my faith starts to override my failures and I no longer do the failures because now I'm resting in my faith, not my own ability. The reason Peter failed, because he wasn't connecting himself or releasing the faith inside of him, he was releasing his energy. His energy failed. His strength failed. But then his faith did not fail him. The woman with the issue of blood, her faith did not fail her. Blind Bartimaeus, his faith didn't fail him. Your reason you're sitting here, the reason you're watching this, because faith will not fail you. Your faith will not fail. Understand this, you cannot be prideful because it's not your faith, it's his faith. See, a lot of people go, oh, that's a prideful thing. No, no, no. Prideful is this. If Peter said this, hey, guys, excuse me, you, hey, John, John, you were going to be the disciple that Jesus loved, but not anymore. <laughs> James, no, nah, I did it. I stood up, I went up there, and I said, da, da, da. And he, that's pride. But what did Peter do? And he goes, guys, I failed. I, my strength failed, my mind failed, my, everything about me failed. But do you guys know why I'm here? And he'd be telling, he'd be telling his grandkids, he'd be telling the church, you know what? I failed. But Jesus prayed for me. 
He prayed for me, and he also prayed for you, that your faith would not fail. And the good thing is, when Jesus prays for you, he doesn't fail. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, okay. The reason being is this. Listen to me carefully now. The world is entering turmoil, correct? You cannot watch. There's so much fear out there. You get over COVID, now it's this monkey thing. All, all of a sudden, no one's going to the zoo to watch monkeys. They're all scared now. You know, Prices are going up, fuel is going up, food is going up, insurance is going up, everything is going up. We're entering a world where men's hearts will fail, where there is no problem. And God is setting up his church as an answer. The reason we're preaching this message to you and all those watching is that what's going to see you through is your faith. Our faith in God. And when I put my faith in God, he comes into you. And I'm going to pray for you right now. We're going to loosen your faith. We're, we're going, we're, I'm going to speak over you. We're going to break. You're going to break some words over you, sir. You've got a no weapon. No weapon that is formed against me will prosper. Hey, you can throw anything out, but I'm going to come up. I'm going to come up. I'm going to come up. So what we have today is this ability that our faith. So what you've got to do is we need to start to thank God that he prayed for us. Just, God, I want to thank you that you prayed for me. God, I want to thank you that not one word that comes out of your mouth comes back to you without fulfilling what he was sent to do. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to start to have a bit of respect for the word of God that's in me. See, what, what happens is this, is I honor the word by saying, God, the faith you have given me is good. The faith you have, you don't do, oh God, my faith is weak. No, God doesn't give weak faith. God didn't look at you and go, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I want you to, I'm hovering this. He didn't give Peter faith on his behavior because look at his behavior. His behavior did not match his faith. So God says, Peter, Peter, you're not getting great faith because you are good. You're getting great faith because it's a gift. And I'm giving you great faith because you've got to overcome great failure. You've got to overcome great responsibilities. So it is with you right now, mom, dad, whoever you are, business. It is time to live by the faith of God, not by our own strength, not by our own... What makes you... I'm hitting part two. Faith will never make you tired. Your flesh will make you tired. Worry will make you tired. The Bible says faith gives you rest. Why does it? It's either you work or faith works. You've got to choose. Peter stepped into a weaponry zone where weapons were formed against him on his own strength and he failed. But then he realized, he got smart. He goes, I failed because I didn't act on the faith. And then what did he do? He said, God, I am sorry. Please forgive me. God wipes it clean. And here we have Peter, the man of faith. And now watch this very carefully. And then he says, when you've done that, teach my brothers. What he's saying this is that what faith did in me, I am now encouraging you so he can do it through you. So today, my... My call to you is, what area have you failed that you need to get up from this morning? 
See, I'm not asking you, have you got the energy to overcome this problem? I'm not asking that. I'm not asking, do you know people that can stand with you? I'm not asking that. What I am asking, will you start to depend on the faith that God has given you, the faith that God has prayed for, for you to overcome? That means you're going to leave this morning with your head held high. You're going to start praising God. Like that woman, that got, she was blind. Everybody thought that nothing had happened, but the faith was working. While people were talking, the faith was working. While she was sleeping, cells were being made. All the stuff that automatically happens for your eyes to see started working. Because what happens is this. When you have faith, you go... I thank God it's not my own ability. I thank God it's not my own wisdom. I thank God it's not my own strength. So today, why don't we do something dramatic and declare that our, my faith will not fail me? I'm going into tomorrow. My faith will not fail me. Hey, I've got a business meeting in the morning. My faith will not fail me. Hey, I've got a problem. My faith won't fail me. Hey, I have this problem. My faith won't fail me. Today, your faith will not fail. Why don't we just stand? Can just stand? Let's just do something dramatic today. Just want you to stand with me. Father, I want to acknowledge this morning that you have prayed for me. Father, you prayed for my faith. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I will no longer limit your faith. I will not longer try to figure it out on my own. But Father, I just thank you that I will not be put to shame by not inheriting every promise that you've given me. Father, this is my inheritance. And so Father, right now, I just pray for everybody here right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, the Spirit of the Lord is here to touch you. The Spirit of the Lord is here to work on your behalf. Whatever you're facing today, God says to you, you don't need to fight this battle because I've given you the faith that does the fighting. There is no condemnation. Peter, in the midst of his failure, he stands up. He couldn't stand up to one little girl. But when his faith is released, he stands up into a crowd of over 3,000 and he says, you crucified him. From, a, from not standing up to one person to being elevated. Right now, whatever you're facing, you, you might have been in a battle coming in but I'm here to declare for you that your battle now is over. Your battle is over. Your battle is over. You've gone through a hard week. Your battle is over. You've gone through a hard relationship. The battle is over. I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And Father, I want to thank you that every, your prayer has already been answered and, and is answered in my life, in our lives. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just declare this over every family. Father, I declare 
the spirit of breakthrough in every family. Father, I declare peace in every family. Father, I declare healing right now in Jesus' name. Father, for everything that we don't know, Father, I declare your knowledge over that situation. Father, right now, I just set my faith loose. My faith is not inactive. My faith is not no longer non-functional, but now it's functioning. Father, I thank you today. I've walked in timid. I walked in scared. I walked in broke. I walked in weak. I walked in sick. But Father, I'm coming out totally different because of the faith that is in Jesus. So just right now, just lift up your hands. Just receive it. There's no effort. We don't, we, see, Christianity is not about working. Christianity is about receiving. And just right now, just receive. Father, receive the prayer of Jesus. Father, I receive your prayer as answered in my life now. Father, right now, doubt leaves. Fear leaves. Distress leaves. Right now, I just speak over myself. The finished work of Jesus. Father, no longer will I cower. No longer will I be timid. But Father God, I'm going to walk in a brand new boldness today. For it is the blood of Jesus Christ has washed me from every sin. Done deal. Father, right now your faith is active in me. Father, I not only have your, I not only have put my faith in you, but you have also put your faith in me. I just declare this as a finished work right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.